This podcast is sponsored by Thrive. Thrive work with schools to support well-being to improve attendance, behavior, and attainment. Find out more by visiting thriveapproach.com. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the TES podcast. I'm Senior Editor Simon Locke, and today I'll be meeting two experts in the field of mindfulness to learn about how this simple technique can help students cope with pre-exam anxiety. Mindfulness is a term that's become increasingly commonplace within the vocabulary of school staff, but it's something that is still met with scepticism in some corners of education. So what exactly do we mean when we talk about mindfulness? And can this technique have a positive impact on pupils in the run-up to exams? Research on its impact in school settings is limited, and with a packed post-COVID curriculum, is there the space and time for pupils to practice these methods? With evidence indicating that the well-being of pupils has been significantly impacted by the pandemic, and with students facing formal exams for the first time in three years, perhaps giving them time to breathe is exactly what is needed. To find out more, I'll be speaking to Rose Webb, a former secondary school teacher and mindfulness expert from Thrive, who is going to explain exactly what these types of techniques involve and run us through a simple exercise you can easily use in the classroom or the exam hall. Hello, Rose. Thank you for joining me on this TES podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, Simon. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to you. Very, you're very welcome. You're, um, I hear you're down in sun, sunny Somerset. Um, yes, sunny Somerset on the Somerset levels. Lots beautiful. Of Lots yeah, of signs yeah, of spring. Yes. Yeah, it's all in full bloom. It's really green and lush. It's beautiful. Excellent. Okay. Well, um, yeah, we're here to talk about um, mindfulness uh, while we're talking about nature and spring and positivity um, in the context today of sort of exam anxiety and how it can help students and how teachers can sort of use some of these techniques. So I wanted to just get a bit of background from you about kind of anxiety and mindfulness and how the two interact. So just to sort of set the scene a little bit in the, in the run up to exams, what sort of what levels of anxiety are kind of normal? Would you consider normal? Um, and what and what, at what point does it become a, an issue? Mm. Yeah, so stress is really useful in terms of helping us activate and prepare ourselves for challenge. So it'd be really normal for students and probably teachers and professionals in settings too to be experiencing um, what we call healthy stress at this time, because it helps mobilize us to rise to those times where we do public speaking or interviews or exams or driving tests. You know, that's a normal, healthy amount of stress. And it actually enables students to be more focused and prepared for the examinations that are ahead. Where it starts to be a concern is where levels of anxiety or stress are persistent in terms of disrupting daily life. So for example, if students are really struggling to get any sleep at night, that would be a cause for concern. If students were unable to eat during the day, that would be a cause for concern. You know, those types of things actually um, exacerbate or make stress and anxiety worse. If we're tired and fatigued, if we've not had enough food to eat or enough to drink that can actually send our body into a heightened stress state. So I would be looking for students that are seeming like they're not able to meet their physiological needs that are becoming withdrawn maybe. 
are not able to take part in the daily activities that help them relax and rest, students that are maybe there's a change in their attendance or they're avoiding certain situations, those are the signs and symptoms that stress is tipping into what we call unhealthy stress. And that's when some additional support would be beneficial for those young people. Okay, brilliant. And so moving on to to mindfulness then, um, I'll admit to being a bit of a novice um, in this area. So can you just set out exactly what we mean by when we talk about mindfulness for us? Yeah, mindfulness is a term that's used a lot um, these days, which is really great because actually it's bringing it to our awareness some ways in which we can help ourselves really be in the present moment and bring our awareness and our focus and our attention to what's happening right now here in front of us. Because that's what mindfulness is really. It's about our presence and our awareness. It's about being conscious and aware of our feelings, of the sensations in our body, of bringing our attention to the present moments. Quite often we get caught into thinking about the past and what's happened or worrying or fretting about the future and what might happen. And what that does is it takes us out of the present moment. And when it takes us out of the present moment, we're less able to show up in the moment um, and with, with the kind of ways of being that support us to be successful. So it might be, I'm having a conversation with a friend or a loved one and I'm thinking about something else. So I'm not really able to listen and properly hear what that person's saying. And I'm not able to bring my full presence to that conversation. And it's the same when we're studying or preparing for exams. If I'm worrying about the exam and the outcome, I'm less able to focus on the study and the exam preparation in front of me. If I'm stressing about something that happened previously in the day, it might make it hard for me to wind down and sleep and rest. So mindfulness for me, I mean, there's lots of incredible mindfulness teachers out there that could talk about this in more depth. But in simple terms, mindfulness is about being aware. It's about being present. It's about being in the moment so that we can um, show up for our lives in that place of attention and concentration and, um, yeah, connection, connection to ourselves and connection to others. Okay, brilliant. So... In the context of um, an exam, perhaps preparation or even the exam itself, how can mindfulness really help students who might be on the verge of, you know, showing some of those signs of real quite serious stress? Yeah, so I think mindfulness is really useful as a preventative tool, as well as something that we can call upon when we're feeling a heightened level of stress and anxiety. I would advise building mindfulness practice into daily routine and experience because those daily routines is what really supports us to be well emotionally regulated over the day, over the week, over the school term. So the morning is a prime opportunity to um, practice mindfulness because it really sets us up for the day. Sometimes that's hard for young people because they might wake up a bit later and naturally adolescents do that. So finding moments in the day that work for you to bring yourself back into the present moment. And one of the simplest ways to do that is to take 
three long, slow, deep breaths, breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth, if, if that's comfortable for you, and elongating that out breath. And what that does is it, it grounds us, it brings us back into the present moment, and it actually sends a message to our nervous system that we're safe. And that can help us when we're starting to notice physical signs that we're tipping into that stress or high stress or anxiety state. So some physical signs might be a churny stomach, might be an increase in heart rate, it might be sweaty palms, it may be um, a sinking feeling, it may be that we have rosy cheeks or actually the kind of blood drains out of our face. It's different for everyone. How we experience anxiety and stress is different for everyone, but noticing those physical signs and then taking those breaths really help us come back into our bodies and send that message to our nervous system, actually, we're all right. Um, and I and I think that for young people that are experiencing that heightened level of stress and anxiety, probably some additional resourcing around that would be beneficial. So there's some great apps out there that you that are, some of them are free with some fantastic mindfulness activities. I've also used with young people journaling on a daily experience just to dump out at the end of the day, get it all out on paper. And that can be a really supportive way of um, releasing worries or tensions um, from the day. Really making sure sleep hygiene is, is good and visualizations, mindfulness visualizations can help with that. And then if we are feeling tense and stressed, things like physical activity can be really supportive to releasing that physical energy that's created by stress. So walking, running, yoga, you know, any kind of physical activity, dancing that helps us discharge some of those um, experiences can be really helpful too. So it's depending on the individual, what works for me might not work for you. And it's about experimenting and trying some things out. But the breath is the, the easiest tool, the easiest way we have to bring ourselves back into our bodies and in the present moment. Okay, brilliant. So it's it sounds like something that perhaps could be sort of weaved into a, a revision routine in, in the way that you're sort of you know, you're, you're preparing the knowledge side of your exam strategy and also perhaps your sort of mental coping mechanisms as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, starting a revision session with a simple mindfulness activity would really set you up to have more focus and concentration for the piece of revision that you're going to do. And I think breaking up revision sessions with mindful breaks, whether that be movement, whether that be breath, whether that be sitting and having a hot drink and really paying attention to that hot drink or cold drink, whatever works for you. You know, there's lots of ways throughout our day that we can weave in this mindful attention. And, you know, in school as well, successfully, lots of schools have use mindfulness breaks or mindfulness to begin and end sessions very effectively. So when young people arrive to us, having that sense of um, presence and connecting in, so it might be a coloring activity, it might be um, a breathing activity, it might be a visualization. So starting the session in that way, and then at the end of the session, again, having another moment of mindfulness before young people transition into the next session or whatever they're doing in their day. So 
there's lots of ways that we can weave this practice in and and just informing young people about stress and the impact that it has on our our brains and bodies um helping young people have some simple tools signposting them guiding them to resources because there's a huge amount of resourcing out there now to support mindfulness to support um emotional health so that can be helpful for young people to have that sense of the range of resources that are available to them. Brilliant. Um, and so you mentioned um, sort of uh, some different techniques there and um, how it could be used sort of in preparation and in, in, in situ, I guess. Is, is this being in the exam hall is that something that students need to sort of embrace or um, is it some sort of perhaps where they could um, use a little bit of escapism and um, go to their happy place? How does that work? Because my memories of exam halls bring back, you mm. know, shivers, to be honest. Yeah, it's re- it, it can be really anxiety inducing, you know, walking in in silence and the way that it's set up. It, I mean, instantly it can create that sense of, stress and anxiety and and as i said breathing is a really good way to support us to calm down some of those stressful feelings that we might be experiencing in that time but and also accepting that right now i'm in an exam i'm going to feel a bit stressed so a sense of acceptance can really help um, young people to feel like this is normal everyone's experiencing this right now because sometimes those feelings can be overwhelming and it can that can start to make us feel a bit panicky. Um, there's, you know, there's things like starfish breathing. So tracing your hand, each finger and thumb. So as you breathe in, you trace your finger up. And as you breathe out, you f- trace your finger down. Or um, box breathing is another really good one. So on the palm of your hand, you can draw a box. And as you, you do one side, you breathe in, the other side, breathe out. So you could do that under the table and no one could be seeing what you're doing, but it's a way of regulating your breath. And also the touch on your palm of your hand can help you um, come back into your body because sometimes when we get stressed or heightened, it can sort of take us out of our physical presence as well. So those things are really helpful. I've always had little mantras that I've said to myself um, that have supported me when I'm in a situation that I find really stressful. So. Um, I found learning to drive really difficult. And when I'd be out on the road, I'd be really freaking out. So some of the ways that I would calm myself would be to tell myself, this is not an emergency. So I'd repeat to myself, this is not an emergency. And then additionally, if I was feeling really stressed, I might then notice what can I feel in in the car? What can I see around me? What can I hear? What can I touch? So those things, again, help us come back into the present moment and, you know, not freak out about what might happen to actually be here right now. So being with our senses, using breathing techniques, having maybe a saying that you say to yourself that's calming. And like you said, visualizing a happy place or a safe space. So This could be an activity that you do outside of the exam hall, but really thinking about where you feel most calm and relaxed. And maybe you might um, think about who might be in that space with you and and what the space feels like and what's surrounding you. And then use that mental 
imagery when you're in that situation that you find stressful as a way of calming yourself down. So all of these things and a combination of them would be really supportive in the exam hall. Would you have a uh, exercise for perhaps sort of GCSE age students and perhaps maybe one that we could run through with our listeners? Yeah, I think something that can be really helpful is um, to bring our attention into the sensations in our body and just be aware of where we're holding tension or stress in our body. So what you can do is place your feet on the floor so don't have your legs crossed and then elongate your spine. So imagine there's a piece of string on the crown of your head just lifting you up. And if you just roll your shoulders down in your back a couple of times, two or three times, quite often we hold quite a lot of stress and tension in our shoulders and neck. Yeah, Maybe. there were a couple of, couple of clicks there. Yeah, I imagine. Then you can roll your neck from side to side a couple of times. That's another really good way of releasing. And then just if you feel comfortable to, gently close your eyes or you can just have your focus pointed downwards on the floor. Have your hands resting gently in your lap so um, palms turned up or palms turned down so we've got lots of nice length in the spine which really helps us um, to breathe well creates lots of space in our body and this upright position helps our body have that alignment that supports um, us to release tension so just as you're sitting here with your feet on the ground just becoming aware of any sounds in the room, sounds outside of the space. Just noticing and letting those things go. And now bringing your attention into the breath. So breathing in and breathing out. You can breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth if that's comfortable. Just do that three times, noticing that breath, going all the way into the belly, all the way out again. And then just starting from your feet, with your feet firmly on the floor, just tense your feet and then release them. And then moving into your calves, tense, release. And your thigh muscles tense and release. And then your torso, midsection of your body tense, release. And your shoulders, scrunch your shoulders up to your ears and then let them drop. And then do that again up to your ears and let them drop. And tensing your fists, hands into fists and release. Hands into fists and release. And then scrunch up your face. And then release all of the muscles in your face. And if you can, just have your tongue resting in the roof of your mouth. And now just notice how you feel. Scan your body from your feet all the way through to the crown on the top of your head. Just notice any tension, any areas of maybe soreness, tightness. And 
Take some more long, slow, deep breaths. And if you can, as you breathe out, relax any areas, breathe into any areas where you might have a bit of tension. And then let that go. Just wriggle your fingers and your toes, bat the eyelid, lashes open if your eyes are closed, and come back into the room. Oh, yeah, brilliant. That was great. So, well, thanks, Simon. That's just a really basic body scan activity, and you could take more time over it. Um, you could spend a bit more time tensing and releasing. That's a really lovely way just to ground in the moment and just have an awareness of what's going on in your body and the areas of tightness or tension and just letting that go. And that in itself can be really relaxing. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can imagine that using that in five minutes prior to an exam or just before starting a revision session being really, really useful just to kind of, yeah, like you say, ground people and get them, get them in the room. Um, that was really nice. Yeah. There's so many great resources online and, as I said, apps and things. So they could use those resources to guide young people through a body scan activity or something similar. So sometimes people get a bit um, nervous when about because it's a bit scary trying something new and it might feel a bit out of our comfort zone. And what I would encourage professionals to do is use guidance and resourcing that's out there if it is a bit out of your comfort zone and have a go. And um, young people might giggle or find it a bit strange at first, and that's all right. Um, it's a new experience, and the more we repeat something over the time, over time, the more um, comfortable we get in doing it. Have you got any particular um, sort of sources of uh, exercises and things that you'd like to signpost? Yeah, so the Headspace app is fantastic and there's lots of lovely animations and stuff that go along with that. And I think for staff and young people alike, Headspace is a great resource. I would recommend that one. Thank you, Rose. That was brilliant. I feel much more relaxed just having spoken to you. Um, really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Simon. It was great to be here and, and great to talk about something that I feel really passionate about. So thanks for having me. Next up, I'm meeting Chris Randall, Director of Mental Health and Wellbeing at Linden's Primary School in the West Midlands, to find out how his school have embraced mindfulness and to explore exactly what is involved when using these techniques in the classroom. Hi, Chris. Thank you for joining me on the TES podcast this afternoon. Welcome. Welcome, Simon. Nice to meet you too. Likewise, likewise. Um, yeah, we're just 